Hey, I'm here with Dr. Stephanie Bramlett, who is my guest for the episode that's titled Watermelon in Me. She's the Director of Equity and Inclusion at Phillips Exeter Academy and will be starting her fourth year in that role. Dr. Bramlett identifies as a Black woman, among other things. In the Watermelon in Me episode, she also provided my audience with definitions regarding race and ethnicity, in addition to some historical context about the creation of race as a social construct in this country. As the title of the episode would suggest, we also discussed our shared aversion to eating watermelon in the company of white folks and why that's the case. I won't ruin the episode by telling y'all too much. So if you wanna know what we talked about, go back and listen. Anyway, the inimitable Dr. Bramlett is back with me today. She's incredibly bright, sincere, and candid. I'm thankful that she was willing to come back on the podcast to talk about hair today. Dr. Bramlett, what's good? Hi, Hadley. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And before we proceed, I'm on the podcast. I am Stena. Okay. I just remember that. No, it, it, it's okay. It happens. It's part of the shtick. People who know me will refer yeah. to me by my first name, and then I tell them it's Stena, and then we proceed. Consider it an act of love. It's familiarity with a different name. Got it. You know, I have considered going by Stena on a day-to-day, um, yeah. but I, I think it would be quite the shift for people. I think we could do it. Yeah, but then I'd get questions about why do I want to make the change, and I, I have to provide an, an explanation around that. I mean, I don't have to, but I would feel compelled to uh, like tell people why I no longer want to go by this name that they've been accustomed to calling me by. Oh, I don't think you owe anybody that explanation. I think you could just be like, hey, everybody, my name is Stena, and we'll be like, all right, cool. I'll think about Can that. Try it. I, I'll think about that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Let but me then, know if you would like for me to call you Stena. I would be happy to make that switch. My nieces and nephews call me Uncle Stena. Oh, that's cute. That's yeah. awesome. It started with Uncle Happy actually, because they couldn't say wow. Hadley. Yes. Yep. Uncle Happy to um, Uncle H dot to Uncle Stena. <laughs> Uncle H dot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, we're not calling me Uncle H dot. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to need to edit that out the episode so that people don't refer to me by um, H dot. Yeah, probably. You got to be careful uh, what kind of nicknames you put out there in the world. This is true. This is true. Do you have any nicknames, Dr. Bramlett? Do I have any nicknames? Um, Other than I, Steffi B? Um, I do. You're the only person who calls me Steffi B. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I do. So probably the one that most people know me by, this is weird. You are going to have to edit this out. Um, It's Trixie, the Dr. Duchess of Bandersnatch. Whoa. So, uh, (laughs) which is also my Insta title (laughs) or my Insta handle. Um, Yeah, I am the proud owner of Ironheart Circus, an aerial cabaret and burlesque dance company. And we all have stage names. And my stage name for the longest time was Trixie, the Duchess of Bandersnatch. And then when I got my doctorate, um, as a sort of special surprise, our MC introduced me as Trixie, the Dr. Duchess of Bandersnatch. And um, yeah, so you'll also hear people out in the world, like only 10 o'clock and later, who call me Dr. Bandersnatch. How do I leave that out of the episode? I mean, it's part of your identity. It is part of my identity. Yeah. Yeah. Or Trixie, tricks. Yeah. I answer to a lot. (laughs) Okay. But you really do want that edited out. I don't care. It's fine if you leave it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Cool. We'll leave it. 
So, um, and in this episode, can I refer to you as Stephanie? Do you prefer Dr. Bramlett? I started with the formality out of respect and because my audience, a lot of my audience may not know you. Uh, please call me Stephanie. So Stephanie and I work together and in working together, we cross paths and um, have a lot of random conversations my mind is always going in different directions. So is hers. And so um, the last time we linked up, uh, we randomly started talking about appearance and hair. And the conversation was so profound that I said, yo, we need to record an episode about hair. And here we are talking about hair. So you went to Chicago recently or Tulsa, actually, and you had to do some uh, navigating of hair politics with the family or with your mom in particular. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I did. Um, it's summertime and for a long time in the summer, I often have braids during the school year. Sometimes they're, I guess most of the time they're extensions, um, but for a, and it's just kind of easier, just getting ready in the morning. Um, the school year is pretty hectic. Okay. Can you tell me the difference between braids and extensions? Clear that up for me today, please. And others sure. who might not know when to use braids versus extensions. Oh, wow. So braids, I think braids are just, you can have braids, but they don't have to be extensions. You can have extensions, but they don't have to be braids. I don't know if this is going to clear things up. Nah. Or not, but <laughs> So braids, braids, the most basic braid is a three strand braid. You take the hair, you divide it into three parts and you put one piece in the center and you go down to the end of the hair. Got you it. can do that in a way that adds an additional fabric, hair, it could be yarn, it could be a type of synthetic hair. Like you can do that in a way that adds an additional product to the natural hair as you are putting those three, weaving those three strands together. Okay. But you can also just weave those three strands together. And all of that is a braid. So I guess technically, like the really long brandy braids that people have now, Janet Jackson braids, like those are technically braided extensions, I guess. Got extensions, it. you can, like a weave is a type of extension. We, oh, oh, Hadley. Uh, Stenna, I can't even do it. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It takes like, practice. Like a... Like a, a weave is a type of extension, but there are a lot of different types of weaves. So you could do a weave that starts with a cornrow. You could do a weave that you glue in. An extension is just like anytime you are extending the length of one's hair. Okay. But All like right. also can do extensions though. I mean, people get weaves for many other reasons too. They just, because it's just, easier like you can give yourself a different hair texture or so yeah when the stylist comes in and they're doing see it's I don't know this is also like the really cool space where like gender is kind of coming in as well because I think that for a long time if a stylist was doing um someone who identified as a man if they were doing their hair who had yeah. a masculine expression then they would do braids and there might be really cool patterns or but like cornrows and stuff. Um, and then, but there wouldn't be extensions. But now we're in this really cool place where I see all sorts of guys who have braided extensions. Um, like box braids for men yeah. are this yeah. thing right now. I went to high school with a guy who um, had extensions in his, so he cornrowed his hair and added extensions. And it was the first time I had seen that done. 
So this was 25 years ago. So whoever's doing it now, they're probably bringing something back that was already happening. But I'm sorry, I interrupted your um, initial share. Oh, yeah. So I was um, I was headed to Tulsa to help my mom out and it was getting hot outside. I typically take my braids out during the summer. It gives my hair a little bit of a break, but it's also just really, really easy. Um, I just have a, a wash and go. Usually I don't like doing my hair. So I was planning to take them out, but I knew I was going to Tulsa to help my mom. My mom and the sort of hair politics, my mom's 82 years old, the hair politics of her social circle are like, you do not walk out of the house without having your hair done. And I am like adamant of, I do not want my hair done. So I decided that I was going to stick it out with braids for a little bit longer. I was like, whatever, it's only two weeks. I can do this. I went to DC. I went to Tulsa. We're talking about temperatures well over hundred degrees. I was working at my mom's house doing all this hard labor and just sweating, 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 just thinking about how I wanted to shave my head. And I was so excited when I finally came back and got to take those braids out. And so you're willing to deal with the hair politics and the back and forth with mom and your elders. Like, you, how do you handle that? Because I'm thinking about the conversations that I've had with my mom. Um, I had locks for the longest time. I had locks for about seven years. And it wasn't until like a year or two ago that my mom stopped asking me, when am I going to cut my hair? Um, and I was taking it personally because I put a lot of work into growing my locks and maintaining them. I love them. And for her, it was just like this abomination on my head that I needed to get rid of. And so I didn't even go home when I would like put my locks in braids because that would really send her over the top. So I'm curious to know how you deal with that back and forth. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I maybe I've had a lifetime of experience with it. You know, I I'm guessing that you're well, I'll ask this. Um, did your mom say anything about your hair before you had locks? No. She did not. So her, I think her issue was with locks because I'm Haitian. I um and Haitians are not supposed to get locks. Locks are for Jamaicans. Mm. You know, because we're not all black. Like somebody might confuse you for a Jamaican. Right? God, mm. heavens forbid. Mm -mm, that can't happen. Uh, <laughs> so I do think that uh, maybe a difference between us is I have always had this hair and there has always been a, there's sort of always been an issue with me having this hair. Yeah. So from a very early age, I was sort of navigating those hair politics that were, that were really given to me. Like I didn't choose to, to wake up with this hair. Um, I didn't choose to have it styled this way. This is literally how it grows out of my head. So I like had 35 years of experience maybe on it than you did when your mom started talking to you about it. So like I went from managing it to not managing it. And I wonder if your mom kind of took that as a, you went from, no, I guess that's the same thing. So hair politics have been going on uh, with me and my folks for a while. So I didn't mention my dad. My dad passed away almost 20 years ago. But when I was growing up, I couldn't get a flat top. Um, I couldn't get uh, a fade. I had to get like a regular one all over, like pretty basic. I, I could get a lineup um, with the one. But um, 
he was adamant about my keeping it basic. And I remember going to the barbershop with my brother. He was tired of getting the basic haircut. And my father allowed us to go to the barbershop on our own. And my brother resolved that we were going to get flat tops. So we got flat tops and, 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 the fa- and the part and came home. And my dad was just like, all right, we're going to fix this immediately. And so we never did that again until we were a little bit older. But yeah, hair politics were big in my family. They've always been, and I've always had a tough time navigating that. I have a question for you. Since our audience can't see either of us, um, there are people who know us, and there are clearly people who don't. How would you describe your hair? Um, And specifically, what is your hair type? Hmm. Um, I would describe my hair currently as, uh, or naturally, I guess I would say, as uh, type 4C hair. It is black um, primarily, but currently has um, highlights that I think are in the color of 30. The color of 30? Yeah. What? Hair color. Hair color has a number. Hair colors have numbers. Oh my God. You just made my life so much easier because I'm thinking about adding some color to my hair and I'm like mahogany and 30 must be mahogany because as I'm looking at your hair, it looks like mahogany up top. No, no, nowhere close to mahogany. I would go with like a 33 for mahogany. That's a little bit, that's better. Okay. Yeah. This is like a, uh, I think this is a light auburn or a medium auburn. Okay. And you said 4C. I just want to make sure folks heard that correctly. What does that yeah, mean? I said um, oh, wow. So that's something that it's a term that I use. It is a hair type. I, I was actually, as I knew that we were going to be talking today, um, and after our last conversation about hair, I was like, what do the, what are these hair types? Like, where do these come from? And I guess Oprah Winfrey's hairstylist, who was really, really popular in the nineties and, and actually, um, won a, won a couple of awards for his hairstyling. Um, his name is Andre. I do not remember his last name, but he wrote this book in 1997 called Andre talks hair. And Mm -hmm. in that book, he makes a chart of hair types. So there's a type one hair, which is pretty straight. There's a two that gets a little bit wavier. There's a three that gets curly. And then there's a four that is sort of the curliest. And then within each of those hair types, there's an A, B, and C. And the A, B, and C really talks about um, how thick the hair shaft is. So A tends to be finer hair shaft, and then C tends to be a coarser or wider hair shaft. Understood. Okay. So there's a 1C. Yeah, there's a 1C. Oh. See, I need to like get into a, a hair shop or something and touch some wigs so I could see what these different hair yeah. types are like. And so you're absolutely sure your hair type is 4C? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, so so a, right. a 4C type is a, um, there's there's a defined curl pattern. Like yep. it, there are a lot of curls, but the curls have zero desire to be near one another. So they don't clump together. They just make little curls that go in all sorts of different ways. All right. And why is it important for one to know their hair type? Oh, um, I guess I'm not sure that it is really important for one to know one's hair type. Um, I think especially because hair is just so politicized in the Black community. Um, I often think about like this typing it 
like give it a label? Like, does it force it into a category where there's some types that are desirable and some types that aren't? And and I'm not I'm not sure. Um, I can say that in my experience, I was already told that I had undesirable hair. So when I learned that it had a name and that it had a label, then it was really liberating for me. Um, it was like suddenly there were other people in the world who were walking around with hair that was like mine. And I thought that was really cool and really embraced it. Um, now it's like a whole industry. I can tell you that if you tell me that something is for 4C hair, I'm buying it. Yeah. Full stop. I'm buying it. I want to talk a little bit more about this matter of undesirable hair. But before we pivot to that, um, uh, you just mentioned anything that's available for 4C hair, you're buying it. And so I'm thinking about my own journey with hair, which is very different than your journey. Um, we talked a little bit about this, so I know that. Um, one of the things I've really struggled with and didn't even realize the mistakes that I was making um, was with buying hair products. I, I used to wash my hair exclusively with head and shoulders I, and, and like watching commercials and growing up and <laughs> not realizing, hey, the person using the hair and head and shoulders in the commercial doesn't look like you, doesn't have the same hair texture. And now I understand why in high school at times my hair was so dry because um, it wasn't a sulfate free shampoo yeah. that I was using. Um, and I was using the two in one. Um, and yeah, my hair was super dry. And so I'd have to go with like chunks of pomade, like palms full in my hair and then my hair would get real greasy. Oh, it was a mess. Um, and so the other day, actually, I was at Walgreens and going through the aisle and trying to find the right shampoo and um, conditioner. And I landed on one that was sulfate free, uh, bought the shampoo and conditioner. It's a lot more expensive than getting head and shoulders. I'll tell you that much. And so I come home. I'm happy. I wash my hair for the first time after I cut my locks. And Rose, uh, my, my partner, says, hey, I think you might want to look up that product that you bought for your hair. Uh, I, I think there's a, a, a call, a recall of it. I'm like, the hell are you talking about? You don't use this stuff. What would you know? So go look it up. And yes, recall. It's a Johnson & Johnson product. It has a, a carcinogenic ingredient, um, a preservative. Yeah. Yeah. It's that bad. Um, and so I've only used it once. Got to bring it back to Walgreens to get my refund. And I'm like, Yo, like I, here I was thinking it was legit. I paid uh, more money than I typically do for shampoo and conditioner. And they're using a, a known problematic element in, in it that leads me to have to bring it back to the store and, and because it was recalled. Um, so what sort of products have you been buying for your hair and where did you find them? Oh, um, well, one, so TJ Maxx is like your best friend. So that's sort of an aside. TJ Maxx has the best whole wall of sulfate-free hair products. Really? I'm serious. Yeah. TJ Maxx I, is great. I'm trying to think of where I'm going to find a TJ Maxx around here. There's a TJ Maxx. Um, there's one right next to Whole Foods in Portsmouth. And I'm going to find black hair products in Portsmouth? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm in there. Thank you. Continue. Please. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's for the listeners as well, because yeah. TJ Maxx is where it's at. <laughs> um, so 
I mean, I guess a little bit on my hair journey. Um, I, I was late, really late coming to the game. Um, I didn't really learn that I had 4C hair, like, or I guess I didn't learn its name. I've had the type my whole life, but didn't learn its name until I was really in like my second year of grad school. So I, you know this about me, but um, I grew up around a, a bunch of white people who are outside of my immediate family and my immediate neighborhood. And my friend Brittany that I met in my, my second year of grad school, she grew up in Chocolate City and she went to an HBCU and was like fresh out of college. We're in the same office. We become fast friends. And so like from the day I met her, I was like, who is this other black girl? And I thought she was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So I still do. We're still friends. Um, so one day she so she used to she used to flat iron her hair. Um, like bone straight, just really, really straight every day. That was like the style. And this is like the mid two thousands. And so I just always assumed that she had like one of those, those really flat perms. And then one day I remember it was like, it was raining outside. So we're in New Hampshire. It was raining outside and Brittany comes in and she just has her hair in like this low Afro puff. And I, and it looked like mine. Yeah. It looked just like mine. And mine was in braids, but I like, I knew that Afro puff. And I was like, how did you do that? And she's like, what you mean? How did I do that? And I, I was just, I was shook because I had never, did not think that her hair could mm. do that. Mm. Not that that was something that was, that only I had. So she then really proceeded to just debunk every single myth that I had about hair and particularly my hair. She was like, yes, I have 4C hair too, just like yours. I was like, 4C hair, what's that? She's like, you know, Google it. Like there's a whole thing. <laughs> I, she's like, yes, you too can use a hair straightener if you want. Like who told you that wasn't going to work on your hair? Cause I had this idea that like a flat iron wasn't going to work. That wasn't for me. wasn't going to work on black hair. So she was just really, really patient. And um, she might've felt a little sorry for me because she had had this whole experience of growing up, understanding hair. And she knew that I hadn't, but she was just super patient with me. And like, I probably ask her questions like every day for a whole year, just what, what do I do? What's this? What's that? And she's the one who actually started talking to me about TJ Maxx. Okay, so a long time ago, TJ Maxx didn't sell all these extra products, from what I can recall. Marshalls didn't either. And then somebody had the bright idea to, like, have all these extra products because they sell some bomb-ass cookies and chips <laughs> in these stores. Um, for real. I, hey, listen, I know you give me a hard time about buying sushi at Market Basket. I, I will really vouch for chips and cookies at um, Target and Marshalls. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get too far off topic here. Would you say that um, the woman that you were just talking about, what was her name again? Brittany. Would you say that Brittany um, had a better sense of how to manage her hair because she grew up in Chocolate City? I don't know that it's just that she grew up in Washington, D.C. I think it was the institutions that socialized her where she grew up. So like I said, I went to school and my, my peers every single day were a lot of white people, a lot of white girls in particular. I was reading the magazines, seeing the TV shows, 
doing that whole white girl thing of the 1990s and 2000s. Brittany didn't have that. She was going to school with people who look like her. She went to college with people who look like her. And so she was getting sort of the socialization from her neighborhood and church and family, along with the socialization from her peers. And I think that that just gave her a really different experience around hair and around a lot of things with black culture. I mean, this is like a totally different podcast, but we can go into music and dance and like what you eat and what you sound like as you talk, like we could go into so much that is, is all I think wrapped up into this socialization of becoming black. Thank you for offering to come back for another episode to talk about that. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I do. What is it I do? <laughs> the check yeah, will be in the fun. mail. <laughs> okay. So talk about your experience with hair in your home. Um, how um, your uh, mom talked to you about managing your hair and um, other relatives. And before you answer the question, uh, I forgot to mention, I also used to use Selsun Blue <laughs> in my hair. I, I, yo, I had like dry scalp for a bit and I used Selsun Blue. That stuff gets in your eyes. I don't even think they should be selling that stuff. Um, <laughs> seriously, I remember just the pain. I was like eight or nine years old, like, ah! You know, just because it's, and, and it didn't help my problem at all. Um, and nobody in my household ever said a word to me about these products that I was using. Um, I didn't le- So all of this is to say I didn't learn about sulfate-free products from my mom or dad or aunts, uncles, nobody. My older brother, it was just wash your hair with what's available. I was getting like the dollar stuff even. Um, and so it's kind of fascinating to me that um, at least in my household, um, in my family, we weren't aware of the importance of buying the right products to wash your hair because otherwise you're just like really drying it up. So that's the spirit of my question to you. Yeah, I didn't really get that education in my family either. Um, yeah, my my family has hated my hair for as long as I can remember and sort of openly been hostile to it. And it was really just because nobody else had hair like mine. And I... You know, I was the the last kid born in a long time and I sort of came out and I had a ton of hair and they were like, what is this? Like, we have not experienced this at all. And I think that back certainly in the 90s, but then also before that, um, and as my mom was being socialized, the only thing that one could do with hair was to straighten it. Like for the longest time, the only thing that was possible for hair you got to straighten it. And if you braid it, the braiding is just to straighten it. (laughs) And so- Why Why though? Why straightening? I mean, the only thing that I've been able to come up with is proximity to whiteness. Mm. Whenever I bring this up to family members, they're like, no, no, no. Like, obviously you're not white. Obviously we aren't white. We're not trying to do that. But honestly, the only reason that I can understand the obsession with straightening it is proximity to whiteness. And I, and I say that as someone who, one of the things that, that I really come to embrace in my hair journey is that it is, it's about choices. It's all about choices. So if I want to rock a natural Afro, cool. I can do that. If I want to rock a wig Afro, cool. I can do that. If I want to have really, really long 
like Megan the Stallion 30 inch weave hair. Cool. I can do that. If I want to shave it off, I can do that. If I want to braid it, I can do that. I can do whatever with, and I have the choice to show up in a personal and a professional setting with whatever I choose to do with my own hair. Cause it's on my head. It's on my body. So I really like that has been most impactful in the hair journey, but for the longest time, there weren't choices. It was only to straighten it. And so like, that's just sort of how, that's how I grew up. And, and I was really, really resistant to that. So my family, you know, like I said, they were just openly, openly hostile toward it. So given the hostility, did you ever feel negatively about your hair? And at what point in your life did you say to yourself, I could do whatever with my hair and have it either be something for just a personal change or, and I'm comfortable going into the office with this look. Oh my, look at that. You're going to have to tune in another time to listen to the rest of our conversation, which will be posted soon as episode 61. Until the next episode of In Me, keep reflecting. Identity.